0: what's up y'all welcome back to the who that live podcast it's your boy t word People's champ i'm here my co-host jt we back to season four what's happening
1: what's up man how you been
0: hanging in there bro you know doing another thing staying busy staying active and staying safe so um hopefully everybody out there listening is doing the same welcome back to who that live season four this is our basically our third season with that name but we're getting it in, um, back to talk some Saints football. We're having as normal as a of a preseason as you can have this year. So happy to be able to see some training cap videos, some actual preseason games, even though it's only three. And um, it's a lot, it's a lot to cover. We're going to cover three main things today. We're going to talk about the QB competition in New Orleans. Um, we're going to talk about the wide receiver group. And then finally, we're going to talk about the defense because that's a big topic as well, a lot of new faces doing great things so we got to cover that um so without further delay we're going to jump right in and let's get right down to the meat potatoes man people tuning in the podcast right now about the Saints to talk about the QB battle I'm telling you i watch probably 15 videos a day about it I'm sure you're doing the same you're reading all the articles so we're going to start with you JT and let's just talk about you have Taysom Hill the um basically incumbent so to speak He's a, he was already here and then you have Jameis Winston who came in last year and sat behind uh, Drew Brees in his final season so give me your input on what do you think about the QB competition itself as far as their being a competition and then who do you think is I guess your front runner or the person you think will get the job
1: first off I'm tired I'm tired of this QB competition because it's just getting annoying uh, right. you know we got this it seems like we don't get our our quarterbacks aren't getting to be able to have chemistry with the ones because they're switching out every day mm-hmm. and I think that's the reason that the battle keeps becoming neck-and-neck neck. it also doesn't help that our offensive linemen our two tackles seem to be out every day so they mm-hmm. just kind of rotate and our backups aren't the greatest and the defensive linemen that we have are so deep that it's really caused some pressure on the quarterbacks and they're just having to throw check downs a lot and they're not being able to set up anything deep because we're gonna get into our receiver position. It's not the greatest right now. And uh, it, it's just getting aggravating for me because I think Jameis Winston is clearly gonna be the winner. It's just, he can't separate because of all the other factors, he's not been able to show off that arm that he has that is, is his greatest strength. You know, they're saying right now that Taysom's starting to show off his running ability. He's learning more to, and that's looking good at camp, I'm very sure. But it's it's tougher for Jameis. You know, we got practice last Friday night, and Jameis threw an 80 yard bomb to uh, Chris Hogan in practice, said it went about 60 air yards. And uh, he's finally, maybe if they can keep that consistency, you'll see Winston pull ahead. But I, I'm not going to just. Bash Taysom because I thought Taysom had a very good first drive on that game Saturday. Uh, mm-hmm. he
0: did.
1: I thought those throws were really nice, especially the one he threw out of the pocket when he got he was on the run to uh, Marquez Callaway. So, I'm right. not just going to say that Taysom's just terrible because I think he's a, I think he's improved on his throwing mechanics, but the problem is, is after that drive, he reverted back to old Taysom. When he started to For get sure. pressure, the mechanics went away, all that mechanics that he learned he went back to his normal, what he he knows, by just repetition. And uh, that's a problem because he's inaccurate, and then we just we just have problems. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I'm just kind of tired of the QB competition. I'm really hoping Monday when we see that preseason game against the Jaguars, we right. have They'll our QB. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm hoping he announces. Even if he doesn't announce it, you kind of can just read the tea leaves. You see who's running with the ones and everything else. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I'm
0: hoping. What about you? I agree with you there. Um, I believe that this game, whether he has started Jameis week one of the preseason, then Taysom week two, I think he was going to keep it up in the air through these first two games. and He was going to try both of them against the ones because he knows what the other team is going to do. And, you know, the coaches talk leading into preseason games. Hey, this is what we're going to do in these situations, whatever. So they kind of know, hey, I'm putting this guy out there, you know, throw the kitchen sink at him. I want to see him under pressure. We're not trying to get him hurt, but I want to see him in different scenarios, send him some blitzes, do some off coverage, whatever, and I think he got a good chance to see that against a really good defense from Baltimore in week one, and now he's probably telling Urban Meyer the same thing, you know, those guys are buddies, so he said, hey, hey, man, throw everything at him, I need to see him under pressure, I need to, I need to figure out what I have in the quarterback, so I think, like you said, after this game, that separation is going to be clear, and it's probably a little bit unfair to Taysom. So I'm gonna walk a couple of things I've been saying back, but um Jameis has way more career reps in the NFL that he can fall back on and, and recall different situations and be able to make decisions in the game. Taysom just doesn't have that. So he naturally has a disadvantage. And all this offseason, I'll tell everybody, I've been very clear. Jameis is a guy I'm predicting to be the quarterback and I think will be successful with him. That being said, I do believe that Taysom is at a disadvantage because Jameis has already done this. He'd already done it for five straight seasons. So he's kind of seen what the NFL has to offer, whereas Taysom has that small four-game starting quarterback sample size to where he didn't face the best defenses either. So I don't know what he is. And like you said, when they start to send the pressure from a really good defense, he reverted to some things that you just don't want to see from your starter. And I'll say this to be very clear. I think Taysom could be a really good backup for somebody, and he can spell you and give you some games here and there, but I don't think that he's a guy that you can rely on for a season. And he did some things to take away from his other skill set by losing the weight and getting lean. He kind of messed up there, in my opinion, to where when he goes back into the X-Factor role, I think that's going to hurt him more than anything he does in the center. So that being said, I'm also a little just worn out behind the quarterback competition, and I just think that the team probably already knows who it's going to be, but I also believe that Peyton wants to see both guys in the game situation to figure out what that's going to look like going forward. Because in that third game is Ian book and Trevor Simeon time, if they're both still on the roster. So yeah. that's where we're going to stand on that. Um, next topic we were going to cover was going to be the wide receivers and who, and who we have at that position that can make things happen. Um, I'm going to start just going to say Callaway is a guy who can make it happen. So, you know, you got to figure that he's going to be somebody that they're going to rely on a lot just to do the basics. We need to move the chains. We need a big play. He's going to fill the empty role as best as possible. Then you have Troy Quan Smith, who should actually be that guy who's just going to be a number two. And I think we figured out his career arc, even if he becomes more reliable this year, he's going to be a number two receiver for the rest of his career, okay. if not the third guy in the pecking order as far as who do you look for in key downs, you know? Um, what do you think about the receiver group? I know that's a big point of concern.
1: Uh, well, to be honest, I'm not too excited about it. I mean, I like Marquez Callaway; That's my guy. You know, I really think he's going to be a good receiver, but... Yeah. Traquan Smith, we can't rely on him. He seems to get – I mean, what does he play? Maybe four games a year before he gets that injury that kind of keeps him – he may not be out the season, but he's out several games of the year, you know, just he's nagging eight injuries. Yeah. Right. And uh, so I can't rely on him. Deontay Harris, we know he's probably getting a two-week suspension because of the uh, DUI. That seems to right. be a standard in the NFL. Um, so what are you looking at week one? If he gets, Assuming he gets his DUI week one, we're looking at right. Callaway, maybe Traquan. You know, we don't know about that injury. You know, he went to camp and he practiced right. that day, and then he hasn't been back since. So I don't know if he re aggravated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, hey, hey, we'll see what season. Kevin White got to go. And yeah, that, double, so you,
0: double players, at, uh, comeback players of the year. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. We got, we got them
1: both and... on the team, bro. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. No, nah, man, but um, oh. We're just it's so, just it's it's tough. I'll tell you what, this is what I think. If he's gonna be healthy through camp, and based on the little bit that I heard from early in practice, um, he's going to unseat Kevin White can potentially unseat little Jordan Humphrey. And as much as I hate to say it, because both of them came from the Big Twelve, uh, and obviously one of them came from my long mm-hmm. horn, but um <laughs> And he's probably going to unseat him if he could be healthy and continue to do the things that it sounds like he did in his yeah. first day in live practice. So, um, and he has the physical tools to be really good in this offense. And because he's not going to come in as somebody that they're expecting to be a number one, imagine this, dude. Let's say Kevin White works out and he's a serviceable player. And then you've got Marquez Calloway, who can be a star player with superstar potential if he keeps working on his craft. And then Michael Thomas gets back midseason. season Yeah. That's a nice one. And then, oh, by the way, your defense is still good, and they get a guy back. And then your offense has Deontay Harris. You,
1: you could potentially be a better offense like this year than you were last year because you have a, a quarterback that can actually probably take better advantage downfield of the, sure. some of these guys' threats. Uh, Absolutely. But I, I, I know you want to that talk about cool. wide receivers, but but For also sure. I want to talk about the tight end, uh, Jawan Johnson. I was on my way there. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, yeah. I'll kick it yeah. out for you first. Man, man, he I I've just been I we talked about it, you know, when we signed him last year. We looked at him on film and we were like, man, this dude looks like a tight end. But they were gonna play him at wide receiver at first. I guess to just see uh, if slow. they could get a Marcus <laughs> Colston kind of guy. But he was just yeah. he was kind of slow to be a wide receiver. He's well slow. he puts on weight, I think he's up to 240 pounds and he's six foot four and he yeah. didn't lose any of that speed putting on weight he's still as explosive as a wide receiver as he is tight in now with all that muscle so right. now he's looking like a bona fide threat to actually get some snaps there there i was reading yesterday from uh nick underhill shout out nick uh he's getting more and more snaps at practice with different packages they're adding to his packages yeah. So you know Sean payton has got to be, he's got to be ready, man. You know he loves them big tight
0: ends. He's picturing, you know, like the glory time at tight end for him where you got like a shocky type who's going to catch a lot of passes or um, dare I say Jimmy Graham. And I mean, honestly, I've always said Graham played more like a a slow receiver versus just like an amazing tight end. And this isn't a knock on Jimmy Graham. I love the time they spent in New Orleans. I thought they got... They squeezed every drop of production out of him they could even when he was injured. So I think that a healthy Jawan Johnson can duplicate those numbers. And then the fact that you have Trotman with a similar skill set but a better blocker, now you can put both those guys on the field and this is something we've seen in New England to where two tight ends you're not so much worried about different receiver and that's why you could take a chance on a kevin white and pair it with marcus calloway marcus calloway and then you got deontay harris after two weeks like you start to put those things together and it's like okay this offense can be good and with two tight ends on the field your run game can continue to be explosive even though teams know you need to rely on it okay load the box we're gonna put two pass catching tight ends out here and that play action is gonna eat your ass a lot because as soon as you forget that they're tight ends that can catch We're going to fake that run and throw it over your head. And all of a sudden, when I talk about receivers, I kind of lump the tight ends in typically because I think of pass catchers. I don't think of like wide receiver, tight end, whatever. I think of pass catchers in a Peyton offense because he don't discriminate at what your designation Mm -hmm. is until it's time to sign a contract. (laughs) Then the tight end (laughs) is tight end. But other than that, he's gonna split you out wide. He's gonna get you to a mismatch, a disadvantage, and he's gonna put you in the best position to be productive and succeed. And I think that the the pass catcher group overall is okay. And I would even say that it's probably better than last year because if you if at health at full health, you could say that last year you had Michael Thomas and then you had Eman Emmanuel Sanders and you had Cook. This year you can actually be better because I think. You'll have a healthy Michael Thomas. You have Marquez Calloway. You have Troutman and Johnson. And then you factor in Deontay Harris, who's becoming a more polished receiver. You got five weapons and you haven't even talked about Alvin Kamara yet. Right. You haven't even talked about the fact that Jameis wants to get it down the field. Oh, and by the way, if Kevin White isn't having to be the star and you can limit his reps, you potentially have another great receiver who could come off the bench and do things for you. So I really see some potential in this offense from a pass catching standpoint that's going to make this team probably more effective and more dynamic than it's been in the last few years because you do have a quarterback that threatens every blade of grass. Right. 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 So I'm, I'm I'm with you, my brother. We We're definitely on the up and up on offense. And the good thing is most of these dudes are really young. Like Mike Thomas is an old yeah. vet out of this group when you think about it. So we, we have some great potential there. So not to not to put any lack of shine on anybody, we're going to get to other offensive and defensive groups and other episodes. But these were the hot buttons that we really need to focus on. So right. we talked about QB, we talked about receiver. Now we're gonna go ahead and shift to the defense and um let let's talk about let's start at the let's start at the back end because I, there's less absolutes on the back end right now because we don't know what our cornerback situation is going right, to be. So let's right. start there so we have a little time for it. So I'm going to start with cornerback and say I'm kind of intrigued by the potential of Ken Crawley, Paulson Debo, and Marshawn Lattimore together. Um, and the ability to have an extra boundary corner if something goes wrong, you got some guys you can move around and play a little bit of chess. Um, it's just unfortunately none of those guys can move inside. So having a veteran like Brian Poole makes sense. P.J. can go in the slot. Uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson can get in the slot. Um, I think we have a lot of versatility in the secondary outside of boundary corner. And then obviously our two safeties are returning Marcus Williams playing for the big bucks. Malcolm Jenkins, savvy veteran with two Super Bowls under his belt. Uh, A lot of playoff experience. So I feel like the leadership is there. It's a matter of the chemistry being there with Chris Rashard, which I think we're already paying dividends. What do you think about the back end of the defense?
1: You know, I was very worried about it until the preseason game Saturday. And you're, you you talked about him, Paulson Adebo, man. That guy, he, he got targeted a bunch. And, yeah, mm-hmm. he gave up some catches. But he gave up nothing after the catches. He was a sure tackler. Right. Uh, I remember one play. The guy caught the ball and before he could turn around, Paulson and Debo just hit him. I mean, he He's was there. It, yeah. Like he was right there. And then the play, the first play that he got targeted, he almost came down with the interception. Uh, but I think he got called for holding, which was kind of iffy. It was I, it back.
0: Yeah, I thought the receiver slipped on that play. I was watching uh-huh. the um I was watching the the Baltimore broadcast of the game. Same, I watching, same. And I believe he had mentioned that um he said that probably was a bad call because the receiver was slipping, coming out of a break. So they kind of got tangled up, but Adebo was making a play on the ball. So because a guy slipped and you make a play on the ball, they think pass interference. And that's just not the case. So I really believe that um, I'm not holding that against him. I think he was targeted in his way or his area, like seven or eight times. And I think he only allowed two completions and with no yards after catch. So to me, that's good for a rookie getting thrown out there. And obviously, he wasn't facing the best of the best. Right. Even, even no, he was facing season. Tyler Wallace. I mean, that's yeah. a, another rookie. Yeah, so, but, but he was a rookie. Don't get wrong. For sure. And a guy who hadn't been out there in, you know, real, real, real football in over a year, you know, that's actually really good. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, thought that, I, agree. I thought that he played really well. Um, I thought the secondary as a whole had great communication, as you've mentioned multiple times in the chat, uh, they're, they're communicating. And I think that has a lot to do with the coaching. Um, no knock on Aaron Glenn at all, but I thought that maybe some of his styles didn't really work. They didn't function well inside of the way Dennis Allen's defense works. So remember when you're putting a machine together, all the parts have to work together effectively. And even though you might get that machine to run, if you don't have the premium parts, it's not going to be its best. And I think that sometimes that's what happened with Aaron Glenn with uh, Dennis Allen's defense. Having a guy like Chris Richard who is used to coaching DBs that play behind a very aggressive front seven, I think the DBs are more in a mindset of you are the last line of protection, you you don't need to make mistakes, you need to be communicating with your, with your running mates back there, and I think that they've made that a priority and it's shown up on film. Now moving down to that next level, we're going to talk about these linebackers and man zach who zach bond what, <laughs> what? oh very did, impressive did the, first game he did his thing Did mario
1: davis did mario davis did he put on a did he just go out there and you know kind of switch jerseys with him right quick That you know
0: Mario,
1: no. he loves to play
0: <laughs> for sure for sure it feel like he snuck out there or maybe that was corn they snuck out there in a different uniform yeah, yeah maybe just so <laughs> But um, all that to Uh, say, man, I thought he had a great game, and it makes me feel encouraged about the depth at linebacker, something that was a major concern over the last few years after DeMario and whoever his running buddy was, we didn't have a lot behind him this year. They're gonna cut a really good guy or two from the linebacker group. Um, Caden Ellis is gonna get a job somewhere. Um, Other than New Orleans, unless we could stash him somehow or he and I don't remember him being major on special teams, which might make him a little bit expendable. And the fact that we're going to need to carry an extra receiver is going to make one of our a little thin. But uh, Ellis, Vaughn, uh, you still got Werner coming in and then you got Quan and Double D. Uh man, I I, I really <laughs> like this group. All of a sudden, um, I know you're into linebackers and stuff. So I'm I'm gonna give you your opportunity to go ahead and talk a little bit about what you think of this group and you know highlight some guys that you've been keeping an eye on.
1: And I want to start out with Zach Bond. I mean, remember remember last year when we played the Packers, how me and you was getting so frustrated because them bootlegs, they yeah. was just hitting us with them bootlegs and we couldn't defend them for nothing. That first yep. play, man, Zach Bond, he blew that bootleg up. Now, I think that we're going to get into him, but Davenport gets a little credit for that too, because he he made the, the quarterback, you know, cut because he carried, he, he blocked his position, right? You know, he made him come, the quarterback had to come to the outside because of the way mm-hmm. Davenport defended it. It was really well defended tandemly by Davenport and uh, Zach Bond, But man, Zach Bond was hitting that game. He was everywhere. He was around the football. He didn't make a single mistake as far as like with this click and chase you know i mean he was there it, it was it was something to see because i i liked zach bond coming out of college but i didn't know that he was going to be a good linebacker i liked his pass rushing ability but this right. man he was very active and he's fast he's a lot faster than i thought he was i didn't know he was that fast That's i mean his sure. sideline to sideline speed yeah his yeah. sideline to sideline speed is quick But man, this this position and, you know, he hasn't got to play yet. But the rumor all out of camp was Pete Werner was the best linebacker in camp out of, you know, I mean, he just looked great. He was always around the football. So Demario Davis and and Quan, they're getting a little up there in age. You may have two starters that are being here for a very long time in Pete Werner and uh, Zach Vaughn. But still, I mean, just looking at this season. We know DeMario Davis is going to do his thing. We know DeMario Davis. We know what he does. He's he's one of the top linebackers in the league. I'd say top 10, top five, anywhere you want to put him. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you've got Quan. And I'll tell you, man, when him, when DeMario Davis and Quan Alexander were together, that duo, man, that yeah. duo was – they, they played off each other. And that was something you need. Even if maybe Quan isn't as good on his own as maybe as Zach Bond right now, you may play a Quan because he plays so much so well with Demario Davis and you just look oh, and they look sure. better as a tandem. But uh, for sure. I mean, but
0: you, you get the you, opportunity to kind of bring Quan along slowly too, like, um, yes, because he is injured. That's scary. right. I, mean, I, I hate to throw bad things about out about players. Shout out to carmichael Brown. He taught me something this offseason. Just just a sidebar. We'll get right back to it. And he talked about, labeling players bust and saying derogatory things about players without really analyzing the situation. So he kind of made me a little bit more conscious podcaster. (laughs) That being said, um, I don't like to say negative things about players that aren't necessarily quantifiable through stats. So I'm going to say that like a missed tackle is a quantifiable stat. Uh, Saying somebody's injury prone, that's just a label. So I'm not going to do that, but I can say that because it has been a history of injury with Quan. Um, having a guy like bond that could come in and play next to double D or having a guy like Werner that could come and play next to him. You can limit Quan snaps to where you get the most out of him without like, you keep a nice rotation, that linebacker just like you would on the defensive line. And I think you're going to be more effective because you're getting guys valuable reps and you're also keeping a guy from getting injured again um, on these freaky plays from just wearing his body down. He just, some of his durability could be a concern. So when you look at the group, I think that, Having double D there to groom some guys behind him, whenever he moves forward or retires or you know leaves the game or whatever leaves the team, you've got somebody that's waiting in the wings, ready, and they've actually learned from the master and they're ready to do their thing. So I think that line bracket group looks good. Now, defensive line. Um, I probably I'm gonna kick this one off. I'm gonna start defensive line. So I'm gonna say that the rotation. I was a little concerned because. We lost a lot of interior depth. I hated to see Malcolm Brown leave. Um, a lot of people didn't care, but I really hate to see Sheldon Rankins leave. He was one of my favorite Saints. I'm not going to lie. I felt like he was a good guy, a good locker room guy, and he worked. He had some concerns with injury as well, but I thought that when he was healthy, man, he kicked butt. So I'm going to miss seeing him, and I wish him well. But we got some guys that were waiting, you know, shy total and such. They were waiting to step in, and, um, you know, we got Passano, and we got, Peyton Turner, who can slide inside, Cameron Jordan can slide inside, and then you bring in Granderson, the MD on the edges, Marcus Davenport. Bro, it's just so many names and faces to just throw out there. It's pretty freaking amazing. That much depth. And it kind of surprised a bunch of us. Uh, what do you think about the front four?
1: Well, let's talk about the guy that everybody seems to malign every year, Mr. Marcus too first Davenport. <laughs> Bro, he he was he was something. Uh I mean, that tackle, I think that tackle wanted to tap out. I think because he was getting beat every play. Downing was hitting him with that bull rush. He was putting him with that bull rush and he was putting him in the quarterback's lap almost every play. And then I think Sean just wanted to torture the guys because then then Sean's like, ah, we'll we'll take the left. We're going to take the right tackle and we're going to put David on on him. And I mean, bro, the way they were just using that tandem. Because David Onyemata is a big guy, but he's faster for a big guy than you would think. I mean, he's yeah, got, he got some speed. To him. When he yeah. was coming off the edge, you—I mean, he was big, but you didn't see the speed difference between him and Cam Jordan. Like him and Cam Jordan kind of look like the same speed version because you know Cam's not as fast as he used to be, but he's still—he's right. still a good good defensive end. But uh, you got to hustle, I, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, with as good as we dominate, because let's let's not get this twisted. The Saints' defensive line dominated from the first team the second team the third team there was no there was no slack off you know we see things to where you know saints i've seen it almost all preseasons when you'd play the saints would look really good first team and then their second team would slack off and then the third team would just be garbage their third team would just let them do whatever they wanted you know but you didn't see that there was consistency all the way through the defensive line so that that tells me we're pretty deep at the position and Mm -hmm. uh inside all the time we can you know throw it up encourage with that because we have so much out edge depth you know that we that can play inside and I think that was the design of why Sean Payton got a Payton Turner and why he likes these bigger defensive linemen because you know I was listening to a national podcast and they had just came out to the Saints training camp and they said that the Saints defensive mm-hmm. line looked like a basketball team like they're just oh, long sure. and they're,
0: they're they're huge so yeah, I, big I mean, big guys.
1: right to have Cam Jordan not play on that line And still, just look as dominant
0: as they did. I was very encouraged. Absolutely. Now, I definitely feel like the rotation on defensive line, to where you have guys that can move inside and play outside, and some guys can stand up. Granderson can play standing up. I thought he looked a little washed out on Saturday, and I don't know what it was. It could have just some days you just wake up and you just don't have your best stuff. We all experience that. So I need to see. I need to see one thing or another consistently to make a decision. I can't base it off that one game. And I heard that his camp was fine. It wasn't stand Mm -hmm. out or studly, but he's having a good camp it's just that day he could have just had a bad day like you just don't know man um it's a lot going on in this world but uh he could stand up or he could play his hand in the dirt davenport could stand up play his hand in the dirt you can move bond down it's so deep we let noah spence go who i thought was going to be a really great depth piece so that means they feel really good about the guys we have in house so going forward i really believe that the saints are in a good position defensively to make things happen so We're going to go ahead and close it out on a high note. If you had to give the listeners out there somebody they need to be watching Monday night in the game against the Jaguars, who would you pick as the person to watch this coming week?
1: You know, I'm going to go with my boy. I'm going to go with my boy. I've been supporting him since he got on the team. I'm going with Kevin White. Let's see what Kevin White can do, you know. He's probably going to play with the third team, so we're going to get to see him with Ian Book. Uh, Mm -hmm. He might get a little second team reps, but I I know he'll be on the third team, so we're going to get to see a little bit of that. So, yeah, I want to see what he looks like.
0: All right, Kevin White season engaged. I'm going to go with. I want people to keep their eye on Ken Crawley. Keep your eye on Ken Crawley this week. If he's going to get snaps, especially first team snaps, keep an eye on him. Watch his technique. Watch him play with confidence. The thing that you need to see, if they'll show it on film, if you don't have all 22, watch his body language after each play. If his body language, if his head up, he's looking for his teammates, seeking them out for high fives and celebrations. He's confident he plays a lot better. If he's got his shoulders slumped and he's looking at the sideline, like trying to see if the coach is watching him or, you know, he kind of goes off by himself and kind of goes into this zone, his confidence is down and that's going to play poorly for him. And then he'll end up with penalties and such. So as long as he's confident, penalties are not, Ken Crawley is the guy to watch on um, Monday night. So hopefully you guys will enjoy the game. And we'll be back next week to give you more. So this has been T-Word, the People's Champ, with my boy JT. We are the Who That Live podcast. And um, we back, y'all. So we'll catch y'all on the next one. Peace.